podcast. It's me, Rob. Um, it is Tuesday. I know I'm a day late. I apologize for those of you guys who didn't see the little uh, message I dropped yesterday. Yesterday was my birthday. Um, <laughs> I turned 21 20 years ago. So, uh, you know, not too big of a birthday, but, you know, I decided to, uh, you know, spend some time with the family, um, relax a little bit and not, you know, do the podcast. I had a little running around to do, plus I still had to work yesterday, so, um, you know, just wasn't a whole lot of time left uh, for me to record the podcast, but um, I appreciate you guys still listening, Um, sorry about that, you know, as much as I hate to admit it, real life does happen, Um, but like I said, thank you guys for uh, for still being here and listening. Um, Yesterday was was pretty legit, like I said, I didn't uh, didn't really do much, Um, didn't have a cake or anything. I just bought some cupcakes, you know, my wife and kids, they sang happy birthday, got a couple of gifts, um, and it was just, you know, nice to just enjoy the day, and uh, I did still work, you know, I'm still teleworking, still working from home, so it wasn't too intense or anything like that, but uh, yeah, another birthday down. I really don't like celebrating birthdays, Um, I guess it's just one of those things as you get older, at least for me, I just, um, they're just not. I mean, I don't want to say they're not special, but they're just not something that I look forward to like I used to as a kid. Because now, you know, it's just a reminder that uh, that you're getting older and that, you know, you're getting closer to the end. Oh, man, that sounds terrible. But but it's true. But, you know, got a lot of uh, friends that, that sent me messages, text messages, you know, Facebook messages and you know Instagram posts or whatever um, and DMs uh, to say happy birthday. And uh, I appreciate it. It was great. Um, it's like the one day of the year where you feel like special. So, you know, it was pretty cool. And like I said, I got to spend it, you know, with my, uh, with my family. So that was, that was really nice. Um, I didn't really watch too much football this weekend. I did watch a, you know, catch a couple of games here and there. Um, yesterday, uh, I guess the only real, uh, football watching that I did, I played, I think one game of FIFA yesterday in my career mode. Um, I switched to now I'm playing with with Ajax, which is pretty nice. Made a couple moves, but haven't really been playing too much FIFA. Um, hopefully this weekend that'll change. Got some furniture that I'll be putting together for my kids over the next couple of days. Some of the stuff is arriving on Saturday, so I'll be putting some of that together. But hopefully after all that's done, then I'll just be able to relax, watch some games, play some FIFA. Um, Maybe play some FIFA games online, you know, hopefully that's the plan. And, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. We'll see. I always say that, but we'll see what happens. So, all right, on to the football. Um, as I mentioned, you know, I haven't really had the chance to, to watch a lot. I'm still getting settled into the new house, still dealing with, you know, some of the stuff here and there. You know, just little stuff, especially people like coming to the house. I live in like a new development, so there's like constantly people coming and trying to sell you crap and you know, people trying to come and kill the bugs and sell you water softeners. If you don't know what a water softener is, I'd never heard of it. Um, I guess they're big here in Texas because I guess the water's trash down here. Um, but it basically can like destroy your appliances or whatever. But anyway, there's just always somebody trying to sell you something. Um, you know, just dealing with that and, you know, dealing with stuff around the house too. So, um, but enough of that. On to the football. Um, one of the first things that I want to talk about, uh, this whole coronavirus thing completely threw off the Champions League. And, 
you know, for those of you that don't know, I absolutely love the Champions League, um, the UEFA Champions League. I mean, there's many other Champions Leagues, but the UEFA Champions League for me, I just love it. I just love the the simplicity of it. I love the fairness of it, even though some people would say it's kind of rigged for, you know, obviously the bigger clubs, the money-making clubs. Um, but I just love it. I love the, the group stage is definitely my favorite part of the uh, the Champions League. Um, so, you know, we are fortunate to be able to, to watch the, an entire group stage before any of the, you know, the COVID stuff started happening. And, you know, there had to be changes made and, you know, lack of fans or whatever. But, you know, usually by now the Champions League would have already, you know, we already have our champions of Europe and we'd be already, I think they would already start be playing or maybe in a week or two, they'd already start playing like some of the qualifying rounds for the 2020-2021 version of the Champions League. But now, you know, because of COVID, everything is drawn out. So we're still trying to get the uh, the round of 16 played. Um, it, the final was supposed to be held in Turkey this year. Now with everything in round of 16, the remaining games, I should say, down to the final, are going to be played in Lisbon. Um, they're going to try to, you know, isolate all the players, um, you know, and just make it like a mini tournament within a, you know, mini city. Uh, not a mini city, but a mini tournament within one city um, to you know, try to get it done and over with. Um, unfortunately, it's going to run late. It's going to probably end up affecting some teams, um, you know, into the early start of next season. And But UEFA has finally decided on, instead of doing like the normal draw like they do, um, you know, because there was such a long pause between the first legs and the second legs, you know, some teams are still waiting to play the second leg of their uh, round of 16 matches. So... Um, they've determined that right now um, the winner of Real Madrid and Man City will play against the winner of Lyon and Juventus. So I think either way, uh, right now Lyon is up uh, over Juventus, but uh, I think no matter what, even if Lyon does end up you know, winning, which I don't think they will, um, you're going to have a great matchup. You're either going to have uh, Cristiano Ronaldo playing against Man City or you're going to have him playing against his old team, which will be great. Um, then, obviously, we already knew RB Leipzig is, will be playing against Atletico Madrid. Um, the winner of Napoli or Barcelona will play the winner of Chelsea and Bayern, which would be great. Um, and that Chelsea-Bayern, that's like a rematch of, I think, what was it, the 2011 or 2012 Champions League final? And uh, Atalanta will be playing against PSG. Which, you know, given the way Atalanta has been playing, not just this year, but over the last two seasons, um, I hope PSG doesn't sleep on them. I mean, there's the possibility that uh, that they could surprise some people. I mean, they already have. I mean, look look where they're at, you know. So, um, I think I'll definitely be tuning into that. The good thing about the Champions League is that, um, you know, it'd be it's at night in Europe, so it'd be like right around lunchtime here. Um, depending on, you know, what time they, they end up playing the matches. Uh, but all of those, I think all of those are going to be good. And look look for Atletico Madrid to, to potentially surprise RB Leipzig. RB Leipzig is a good team, but keep in mind they just lost Timo Werner. So, you know, he's like their, their top goal scorer, but now he plays for Chelsea. So he'll be playing against Bayern, um, you know, for Chelsea. So it, it's, it's crazy the way that happened, but they... You know, they let it happen. Also, though, Man City lost Leroy Sané, so he's not going to be playing against Real Madrid. 
he'll be playing for Bayern against Chelsea if he's if he's healthy and he gets selected for that. So um, both of those German players, m- you know, moving on, leaving a team that's you know still in the Champions League to to head to another team. It's it's pretty wild. So um, yeah, so I'm looking forward to that. I still I'm still I'm going to stick with Juventus winning it. I know I predicted them at the beginning of the season, even though. Bayern, I, I don't know. I think it's because Bayern, they came out so strong, plus they started playing before everybody else. I still think they have a really, really good chance of winning the Champions League, but I'm going to stick to my pick, and I'm still going to go with Juventus. Um, but also, I mean, Man City is still always, always dangerous. But right now, it's kind of up in the air. I don't see I don't see RB Leipzig or Atletico Madrid or Atalanta or even Napoli winning it. Um, I hate to say it, but it's it's going to be either Real Madrid, Man City, Juventus, Bayern, or Chelsea, or maybe maybe PSG. We don't know, um, but I am looking forward to to this this tournament coming to its conclusion, and uh, I'm glad that uh, you know UEFA has a, a plan in place. Um, you know, given everything that's that's been going on for the past, I don't even know how many months now. I guess you could say five, six. Um, so we'll see. I'm 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 pretty pretty excited about that. In other news, though, so there was a possibility that Man City. Well, actually, UEFA had already put in place that Man City was going to be banned from um, European competitions for the 2020-21 season and the following season because of violation of financial fair play. Um, everybody knows that uh, the owner of Man City, as well as other teams, you know, NYCFC, you know, which is the team that I support in the MLS, um, along with a bunch of other teams, Melbourne City in the A-League, they just bought um, the City Football Group, they just bought a team in Belgium, they have a stake in a team in India now, I think they have a team in South America somewhere, um, I think they have a team in China. I mean, they're all over the place. Um, Their owner is super rich. He has all these ties to, you know, a bunch of, like, I think he's part of the royal family, I think. I'm not not even 100% sure of, you know, of the UAE and or one of the, you know, the Emirates in the UAE. A bunch of money. Um, The Etihad is the stadium, the airline that sponsors Man City. And I guess basically what was going on was that they were overvaluating or I guess kind of hiding money that they supposedly got through sponsorship deals with the Etihad. So apparently they signed a sponsorship deal that was worth, I don't know, like let's, for example, $85 million or whatever. Um, And they were basically trying to say they got that for sponsorships. So they could use that money to buy players, whatever, whatever, because with financial fair play, you can, you can't really lose a whole lot of money it's financial fair, fair play is something that i can do an entire episode on it's it's really confusing uh, it's not like a salary cap but basically there's just rules that somehow man city and psg always seem to flout um, to their advantage um, the way other teams can't um, you know there's teams like chelsea you know they're owned by billion dollar owners and same thing with psg same thing with man city and they tend to I don't know. I guess flout is the best the best word to use, but they kind of massage the rules a little bit. 
um, because a lot of them are dealing with, you know, nations or they're, they're really powerful in the countries that they're from. And, you know, they have their hands in a lot of, in a lot of stuff. Anyway, Man City, um, basically was caught not telling the truth about how much money they had bought in from a sponsorship deal and UEFA banned them from the next two years of, excuse me, of UEFA competitions. As with most things, you see it with athletics. Um, it goes to the court of arbitration for sport. Whenever there's any type of dispute between a team and a league or a player in a federation or something like that, um, and the court of arbitration for sport or CAS, they usually will decide. You hear about them a lot, especially with uh, in athletics or track and field, where a player will test positive for something, and they'll say, oh, no, I've been on you know, Adderall or something, or this high blood pressure medication, you know, my entire life. That's why I was taking it. Um, it, I don't use it for competitive advantage. I use it to control my concentration or something. Um, then they'll go to the, the court of arbitration for sport and they'll decide whether or not, you know, the player or the runner or the athlete or whatever, um, violated the rules or if the decision by the federation or the sporting body or whatever it is uh, is in the right for handing down that punishment they're kind of they're i don't want to say they're mediators but basically they they're supposed to be an independent body and they will look at um all the 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 facts of the case and they'll make a ruling and typically their ruling is final well luckily for man city they had the best lawyers of course um and they were able to they were able to get away with just an 8 million pound fine and they're going to be in European competitions next year. So the final report won't be out until I guess like October or something. By then everybody will forget. Nobody's going to care because, you know, by then we'll be in the group stages of next year's champions league or next season's champions league. So nobody really is going to care. Uh, But, but man city, whatever it was that, that they did, they massaged the rules Uh, They lied about how much they were making for sponsorship. They, I mean, they, I don't want to say they got away with it, but the court of arbitration for sport ruled in their favor. So, um, Man City will be playing next year. And, you know, because we were waiting for so long to find out, you know, what the, what their situation was going to be for next year, you know, there were teams that were still, you know, trying to play for fifth in the premier league because they, you know, man city right now is in second place and they're probably going to finish the season in second place. Um, you know, Liverpool already won it, but if they were going to be banned, that team that finished in fifth place was more than likely going to get their champions league group stage spot. And now this completely changes everything. So, um, right now the way that the premier league is obviously, you know, Liverpool won the league. They're up over 20 points over man city. They got 93 points. Man city's in second with 72 um, Chelsea is in what Chelsea's in third with 63 points. Um, then you got Leicester City in fourth with 59, but right behind them in fifth place, or actually, I mean, they're tied with them actually on points, is Manchester United. So instead of Manchester United being in a comfortable position and you know being four points ahead of Wolves for that Champions League spot that they would have had if Man City, you know, if the, the ban would have been upheld now. Manchester United is in a Europa League spot. I mean, they have the possibility to overtake Leicester, but you know, they're not they're not, you know, comfortably in that spot because Man City had the ruling overturned. 
So uh, it's 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 pretty crazy the way that it worked out. But uh, and like I said, we don't know. The final report won't be released. I mean, Kaz, they they put out their ruling or whatever. I think it was yesterday. Yesterday was when I heard about it. it could have been on Sunday. Um, but yeah, Man City got. I hate, I hate saying they got away with it, but basically they will be competing next year. Um, I saw this funny thing on Instagram, and it was saying that Sheikh Mansour, the owner of Man City and the City Football Group, um, he makes like <laughs> he makes like a hundred and fifteen thousand pounds, like an hour or something like that. So it said that when the ruling came down at nine for this eight million pound penalty fine that they have to pay, based on how much he makes hourly um, or by minute, the the fine would have been paid off by 11.30. So the fine came down at nine. By 11.30, he would have made enough money to pay off the fine. And if you think about it, um, like I said, we won't know until the, the final report is released, but eight million pounds is for an owner like that is like nothing. Like if this would have been like, I don't know, uh, Leeds or something like that, for example. Even though Leeds has a has a you know a really really wealthy owner or a series of owners, um, this would have hurt them. You know, could you imagine if this was like Bournemouth that would have that something like this would have happened? I mean, eight million pounds is a lot. Plus, keep in mind they probably wouldn't have had the lawyers that Man City had to be able to even fight something like this. So I I think ultimately they would have been screwed. Like there's no way that they would have been able to to get out of that. But PSG, Chelsea, Man City, teams like Juventus. I mean, there's just teams that have a, a, a lot, a lot of money and they can get away with something like this. I, I, I don't want to keep saying get away because, you know, they were essentially found not liable for whatever it was that they did. They still received the fine, but it doesn't matter. They're still going to be playing in the Champions League next year. And that amount of money isn't going to affect the club it's not going to affect the owner who knows what's going to happen now with the uh with their sponsorship deals i mean yes there's going to probably be more scrutiny from uefa but uh ultimately in the end it it really really doesn't matter because they'll be playing in the champions league i think what's going to hurt them more than that fine is the fact that right now nobody is playing with fans but even that's not really going to hurt them because Think about how much money Man City makes at home every year. You know, they, they might play, I don't know, let's say they play 30 games at home, which is you know, considerably less than that. But let's say they play 30 games at home and they sell out every game. That's still not a lot of money for them. You know what I mean? I mean, yes, they're making money off of merchandising, sponsorship deals, you know, progressing in competitions. But it's that, that owner and that city football group, those are the ones that are, that are financing that whole thing, you know. They're a great team, and I love watching them. But uh, I think not having fans, um, or actually not having that European money, may have hurt them, but not really. It's all about the the prestige and the stature that comes with being in those competitions. And you know, they probably would have lost, and who knows? But they probably would have lost Kevin De Bruyne had they not been able to play in in Europe next year. You know, maybe there's other people or other players as well, but it doesn't matter now because, as we see, they will be back in Europe next year. So, um, and, you know, there's still the possibility that they could win it this year. So, we shall see. Um, yeah. All right. Um, I'm going to take a quick break. 
I'll be right back. Stay tuned. So, um, you know, obviously I thoroughly enjoy watching football. I, I've been playing a little, you know, with my kids in the backyard, just kicking around the ball a little bit. Um, but as I mentioned before, I am terrible at it. I can't really do anything. Um, but one of the things, so actually let me start a little bit earlier. Uh, I used to be a big American football fan, um, like really big when I was a kid. And I remember like always wanting to know like how the, the the back room stuff worked. So you get to see the stuff on the field. You see the players. You know how they are. You know, you can get to watch like them while they're practicing or whatever. You know, it's 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 cool to see, blah, blah, blah. But I always wondered like about the, like the logist- logistical part of it. So like getting the players to whatever designated area it was that they were going to meet up at before they would get on a plane and go to like an away game. Like let's say Pittsburgh was playing the Cowboys, for example, everything that was required to get them all the players together to get them onto a plane to move them and their equipment and all the coaches and staff and whatever, and move them from Pittsburgh to Dallas. And then, you know, once in Dallas, all the little intricate, intricate things that would happen, you know, players' uniforms, all their shoes, you know, just all all the equipment, everything, like the headphones for the coaches, the clipboards, blah, 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 all that stuff. And now they're using, like, surfaces and, you know, Microsoft services for plays and blah, blah, blah. Um, Stuff like that just always interests me. The same thing with football. So one of the little things that that still kind of amazes me and it's it's something that's so simple but I always think about it everybody you know all teams have their home kit they have their away kit and they have a third kit so like Stuttgart for example plays they play in a home white jersey with the the red chest ring everybody knows that that's Stuttgart's home colors there are a couple of other teams like Bayern for example that plays in all red usually as their home kit and there's a decision that's made at what level I don't know on what Bayern or whatever team is visiting is going to get to play in. It, stuff like that I absolutely love. I would love for somebody like to be able to talk to like the equipment person or whatever for a soccer team. I think that would be amazing to me. Same thing with like, you know, in in Germany, for example, all the teams play on grass. But you take like the MLS here. In the U.S., there are teams that play on, like, field turf or artificial turf or whatever. But, like, the stuff with, like, their shoes. So how, how do they know or, you know, what what type of cleats to wear? What type of, you know, how, how I, I'm having a hard time even trying to get it out. But just how do they know, like, just, just the little tiny stuff. Or even, like, the logistics of, like, the hotel or getting the players from the hotel to the stadium. Um making sure that the players have the right shoes because, you know, these millionaires, they're are extremely picky. And, you know, I remember watching that Man City document or documentary or docuseries, whatever, where they were talking about 
the one player shin guards that he's had since he was like you know six years old or whatever that he's still using and blah 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 just the, the little 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 stuff like that that I absolutely love and would love to have like a complete behind the scenes view of something like that that's why I like watching these these uh, football docuseries like the one about Leeds the one about Man City Sunderland um, even the one about the um, Brazil national team I've talked about these a whole lot well anyway um, I don't know it took me a long time to get to this but um, I found this other podcast um, that's on a much higher level than, than the 90 plus extra time podcast is um, and it's it's all about football finance so they don't really talk about performances on the field unless they're talking about like you know how much a player is worth by how many goals he scores like you know this player is worth a hundred thousand dollars per goal or whatever you know something like that but there really isn't too much talk about how the players are playing on the field it's all about the finances and it is an amazing absolutely amazing podcast um it, it's I, i've been listening to it like non-stop ever since i found it and um i just wanted to let you guys know it's called the price of football like if you get the opportunity to listen to this thing it's crazy now it might not be interesting to people like i'm like a nerd like that so for me it's something that i really really like um but one of the guys on there his name is kieran mcguire and I don't know if he's an accountant. I don't know what he is. He might be a chartered accountant. I'm not sure. But um, all he does is like read spreadsheets that teams have to provide to the public about their finances and how they're making their money, where they're losing their money, all the financial fair play stuff. And it's just it's crazy. So one of the gifts that I got for my birthday from my wife was his book. I think the book is actually called The Price of Football. I haven't cracked it open yet because I'm still trying to listen to all the podcasts. But if you geek out on stuff like that, like I do, um, that might be right up your alley. Um, like I said, they don't really talk too much about what's going on in the field. There's not too whole, whole lot about, you know, the tables or anything like that. None, nothing, none of the competitions, unless you're talking about the money generated from those competitions. But it's an excellent podcast. And like I said, it's, it's professionally produced they have ads and they have sponsors and all that whatever but it's a, it's a really really good podcast if that's something that you are interested in so i know i think i mentioned it like a podcast or two ago i was talking about that and i was saying i wasn't really ready to let you guys know the name of it but uh it's a really really good podcast now with that being said i don't want you guys to stop listening to uh 90 plus extra time the football podcast or um stop listening to my friends over at the soccer stupid podcast because you know these two podcasts are you know ground or excuse me grassroots podcasts you know we're just people that that thoroughly enjoy the game we don't really you know we're not overly produced we don't have producers or whatever we're doing this on our own and uh so you know we still need support but that podcast is if you've ever read like moneyball or watched the moneyball movie or whatever that's right up your alley that this this is basically what that what that is and uh, I just wanted to pass that on to you guys because I'm probably going to be mentioning a little bit more about stuff like that as I, you know, gain more insight into it. Um, you know, fair warning. But uh, yeah, I just wanted to let you guys know about that. So I think this whole COVID-19 situation has, you know, just kind of opened my eyes to, you know, some of the other stuff that is going on within uh, within football. And th like I mentioned before, this is this COVID is going to change football going forward. 
you know, if you listen to an episode that I made, I don't know, back in like October, November, when I was still in Germany, um, I was complaining about stuff like, you know, how Qatar is going to mess up the football scheduling of the World Cup uh, with the World Cup. But this COVID has completely, I mean, it, Qatar is still, you know, the dates are still messing everything up, but COVID has completely changed everything. Um, I just saw that PSG played a match in front of like 5,000 fans. You know, 5,000 fans is nothing, you know. Um, this COVID has just completely changed everything. I was, I was talking to my wife um, a couple hours ago about how I'm so sick of wearing a mask. Like, I never would have thought, if somebody would have told me last year that we'd be walking around wearing masks, you know, everybody, we were in Target or whatever, and it, it's just crazy, like, that that's the new normal. But that's going to be the new normal for football until somehow this thing is, is gone and, um, you know, we can go back to the way that it was, even though I don't think that'll ever happen. Um, it, I don't know. To me, it's just it's just crazy. It, it really is. But it's completely changed football. It's, it's changed the way that I look at football. You know, I'm watching games with crowd noise because I don't like the way that it sounds without it. Um, it's messed up the scheduling. It's, you know, teams are going out of business. Um, I don't know. The, the whole the whole thing is, is crazy. But I think I'm going to also... Um, I'm, I'm just rambling here, sorry, but I'm going to, I mentioned, you know, talking about football finance and the behind the scenes stuff. I think I'm going to dive a little bit more into that. Um, cause as I said, that's something that, that does interest me and, uh, you know, it's going to be hard to, to watch football matches and who knows, you know, cause right now I'm in Texas and we are like spiking with cases, you know, at the MLS here has their tournament going on. Like two teams had to bow out completely because, you know, players were testing positive, even though they have them in that bubble in Orlando. Still waiting to see what's going to happen with the NBA. NFL is planning on canceling their their preseason. Um, yeah, I guess we'll see where we are a year from now. Hopefully, you know, we'll have the, the Euros going on with crowds. Hopefully, same thing with the Copa America. Um, but yeah, it's 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 just it's wild. And I hate I absolutely hate constantly talking about COVID-19 on every episode, but it's the thing that's affecting like all of us. Like there's, we can't get away from COVID-19 and yes, this is a football podcast, but uh, COVID-19 is completely ruining. It, it ruined the 2019, 22 season. It's still going to get played. And, you know, I'm not trying to downplay, you know, people that have suffered from it or, you know, um, have passed away from it. But uh Yeah damn COVID-19 so and I, I don't know if I told you guys about this but remember how I mentioned how my brother um he was exposed my brother did get a negative test or he had a negative result so my brother does not have COVID-19 luckily he he definitely dodged a bullet on that one but uh, I'm glad he's glad he's happy glad he's healthy and hopefully he'll make some better decisions next time but we'll see he's young well he's not that much younger than I am but yeah all right, so um, I think with that, I'm going to end the show because at this point, I'm just rambling. Um, but I want to thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for you know all your contact DMs, messages that you guys send me. I really, 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 truly appreciate it. Um, I hope you guys have a great week. The show will be back next Monday. Uh, thank you for listening. Stay safe out there. And uh, yeah, catch some games if you can. I'll talk to you next week.